The game has given me so much. I think it's made up most of my character. It's given me so many role models. And that Sunday clinic is kind of full of um, young girls, school, school age girls. It's girls who are now in full-time work. Welcome to The Spin, brought to you by the Confederation of Professional Golf, the one-stop golf podcast fueling your hunger for eye-opening conversations and industry insight, and offering backstage passes to the inner mechanics of the global game. Hi everybody and welcome to the Spin Podcast hosted by Tom Bentley. In this Development Digest episode, the focus is on women's golf. Uh, The reason being is that June as a month really is uh, big for women's golf with a number of majors on the professional circuit being staged. And also at the start of June, uh, there was the 20, 2021 Women's Golf Day, um, which celebrated all that is great and good about the game and its ability to include everybody, regardless of gender. Um, so as you will have heard in the intro to the episode, I'm joined by a couple of guests who I was lucky enough to speak to over the last couple of weeks. And really, the main purpose of these conversations was for me to shine a bit of a spotlight on women in golf and women working in the industry for the most part. Phoebe and Anna, who joined me, are both PJ professionals in their early mid-twenties. But aside from age, they both come from very different walks of life, different parts of the world, and are making a difference to golf and women's golf in their own unique ways. It was pretty fascinating to speak to both of them, and for sure we touch on a number of points that do indicate and show that there are lower numbers of, go- uh, number- numbers of girls playing golf compared to, to boys, but and there is a constant battle to change this across the industry but for me what was really insightful and useful as takeaways when speaking to Anne and Phoebe was that they both highlighted some of the tremendous work that's been carried out by them, uh, by their golf clubs and by PJ Pros. Um, They're not on their own and as a collective it is people like Phoebe and Anna and the rest of us that are making a difference and providing opportunity for girls in golf which is fantastic. So let's get stuck into the episode and I'll allow Phoebe and Anna to introduce themselves. Um, My name is Anna Diana Schwanka. I'm from Riga, Latvia. I'm a teaching professional at the Ozo Golf Club, which is also my home course and the course I've been playing at for nearly 20 years. Um, Yeah, I've played golf for 20 years. Uh, I went to the US and got my exercise science degree there. Uh, played on a college team for four years at a division one and we were 21st in the country when I was a senior so that was a great experience that allowed me to become a better coach I think so I'm just I'm studying at the University of Birmingham now to be a PGA certified golf coach yeah so I'll try and keep this short and sweet but um how I got into golf was through my dad playing golf um when I was younger, probably around 14, um, started playing golf at my local golf club where he was a member. Um, really enjoyed it. Got quite good. Never, never super good. Never a super low handicap. Never in the plus, um, kind of plus one, plus two, always kind of around low single figures. So when it came to choosing what to to do at university, I had so many people around me saying, Oh, choose something that you enjoy. And Golf had kind of consumed my childhood and my life to that point, and I really enjoyed it. So um, that's when I did the AGMS degree, so Applied Golf Management Studies at Birmingham University, which is where I met you. Um, And I did that degree, uh, which 
kind of um, got my attention because you can do your PJ alongside it. So you're getting a bit a business degree essentially, but um, with a focus around sport, but also doing your PJ so you can coach. Um, so it was a bit of a hybrid. So it was a good, good option for me. Once I graduated, moved to Australia, which was harder than I thought it was going to be. But um, I actually got the job at Metropolitan Golf Club before um, moving to Australia. Um, and looking back, that was great for me because it meant I got straight into work, straight into the industry because the golf industry is small um, and everyone does know everyone. But um, when you move country, you kind of start from scratch again. You're building, building your contacts again. You don't really know any of the PGA professionals um, from country to country. So hopefully that gives you a pretty good idea as to where Phoebe and Anna are now in terms of their careers. But what I wanted to also ascertain was actually when that idea first came about in terms of them being able to make a career in golf, when did they think, hang on, this is a possibility for me and I'm going to pursue it? Take a listen to what they said. I don't think I really knew that I was, or at the age of eight or nine, I didn't really know that I was going to be a golf player or wanted to be a golf player. But I think my dad saw that I really loved the game. So he just kept pushing me and kept helping me to get better. And then I was around nine or 10 when the first girl went from Latvia went to US to study and play golf, like to play college golf, Laura Jansson. And that's when I understood that that's something that I could do. And that's an opportunity that golf can give me. So from then on, I just started working towards this goal uh i think it was around my third year in us when i realized that i probably wanted to coach more than i wanted to play so it was a long process for me to actually come to it because i used to help out with the kids over the summers so like at the golf school we just go over on the course because they're little they can't go on the course by themselves so the older students would go with them and help them out and teach them some uh, some of the rules and some of the shots and everything. And I guess it just grew on me over the time. I just realized that this is amazing. This is awesome. You can teach someone to do something and you tell them this little thing. And if you tell them correctly, they just, they implement it and they hit a great shot. And it's such an amazing feeling. Um, I think for me, actually, it was less about, um, like I wasn't at the point when I was at university, applying for universities, I wasn't at like, um, kind of an excellent, excellent standard, but it wasn't that that kind of put me off playing. It was obviously being, um, a woman in golf, there weren't as many opportunities and it was a lot more difficult to kind of have it as a career, full-time career. I mean, I was, um, hearing kind of everyone around me saying that, most of the women on tour were having part-time jobs whilst being tour players. And it just, it just sounded, it, it's not that I was put off by the hard work, but it just sounded like there was a lot less opportunity. Um, so I wanted to basically cover all bases and I didn't necessarily rule it out when I started university. I just decided that university was something I was going to do first as a backup plan. Um, and then one thing led to another, I kind of um, delved into the industry and then I guess, realized that um i didn't spend enough time practicing and and playing and spent more time on the business elements of it i guess it's always been there but not to the extent it is now like um i guess growing up as a 
in golf and through university and even just kind of the amount of girls on the AGMS course like it was just such a, a highlight point that there aren't enough women in golf and we need women in um in these kind of managerial positions and in in the working in the industry from a PJ professional to actually even kind of start to encourage more girls to take up the game because they have no it's all well and good having role male, role models from like a um a playing perspective and aspire if you want to aspire to be a player but if we haven't got pj professionals who are women and women who are kind of working in managerial positions within golf clubs then what where do, where's the future of golf for kind of that side of um coaching and things for, for females so it was a point very well made there by phoebe that there is obvious obvious challenges in terms of trying to fill or pro, promote those positions of of power and seniority amongst women in golf and I suppose the challenge for me and I suppose other people uh, working in the industry is being able to put yourself in in the shoes of uh, of girls that grow up playing golf and understanding the experiences so my next question to to both Anna and Phoebe was about the obstacles that they faced uh, me personally as a as a boy coming from a working class background, there was challenges, but I'm not sure they were quite the same to what Phoebe and Anna faced. And actually, there was very contrasting responses that I received from both of them. Uh, Anna, coming from Latvia, um, faced a very different golf upbringing, I suppose, to to what, what Phoebe did. Take a listen. Well, as I said, golf was, and still is, a really new sport in Latvia. So whenever I started playing, there were maybe a couple of hundred players. And I actually have the 363rd card in Latvia. So like you could say that I'm the 363rd player. Now we've gotten up to 3000. So it's been developing. But I mean, because there weren't, no one really knew how it had to be done. But as I see it, it just, we just had a lot of opportunities to develop. So it was just, it was kind of good that there, that it was such a new sport because we had the whole wild, wild open world and we just could do whatever. But um, by the time I started playing, the first 18 hole course had opened, the Ozo golf course where I, I grew up. And it was actually, thanks to an NHL star, Sandy Suozolinj. He's a Latvian player and he opened this golf course and he also helped with the Riga Golf School, which is why I started playing in the first place. So he was the kind of, he started the movement, you know, <laughs> and then we got more players into it. And then with the golf school, the director and I guess founder, Santa Pucha, she, she has been, a great help along the way. I mean, she just, she's watched so many kids grow up to be golfers and grow up to be young adults. And she's just, it's, I'm really thankful to her and to the golf school and also golf club. So that was a really interesting response that I received from Anna and one I didn't actually expect. But then when you compare that to what Phoebe's about to say, who for context, obviously came from the UK, which is a far more established market than, than Latvia. Um, it illustrates uh, differences between country to country. 
and the obstacles or challenges that they present to not just females but golfers in general when uh, when developing from a young age through to perhaps making a career in the sport yeah you know it was really mixed so I did feel welcome at my golf club um the women and I think at the time my next door neighbors were also members of the same golf club so they knew me um so yeah I did feel welcome having said that um, when I got to a point where I was playing in more competitions and winning quite a few competitions, that's when the women didn't like, the older women didn't like that. They didn't like the, and it was women actually, which is strange enough. Um, the women, the older women didn't like the fact that there were these younger girls kind of winning these events, which was quite strange to, to kind of comprehend. Yeah, cause, definitely. You know, they're kind of on the same side. Um, but yeah, so that was... Um, but also I had friends who were members of other golf clubs, which, so my golf club actually had competitions for women on a Saturday, which was great. And you could play, you could play with the men, you could play with the women, um, which was great for people that worked full time for me that went to school. However, I had friends that were members of also local golf clubs, the same kind of, um, same type of golf clubs but the women's competition was always on a Tuesday and they always needed to play in the morning. So obviously if you at school, that kind of gives you no, no opportunity to play in the competitions, which is ultimately what you need to be doing to kind of work on your handicap and improve your golf. So yeah, I definitely saw kind of all sides, um, kind of both sides of the coin. So that's just two examples that illustrate the contrast between a country such as Latvia, which is perhaps um, in the earlier stages of its development um, in golf compared to the UK, which is a far more, as I've already said, established market. Just some interesting takeaways there for me was that particularly me growing up in the UK and, and the current situation, there's a very, there's a large concerted effort at the moment from organisations and brands in the UK to drive inclusivity, improve inclusivity um, the RNA, for example, with their Women in Golf Charter, mind you, that's an international initiative, but they're still focusing uh, with golf clubs here. You've got brands such as Computer Centre and Cisco supporting the Rose Lady Series. You have the CPG taking its own responsibilities with its PGAs to improve inclusivity, including signing up to the Women in Golf Charter. So you look at the situation that Anna faced and compare it to the situation that Phoebe faced, and you realise that there isn't a quick method to improve inclusivity and increase participation amongst girls. It's not black or white. You've got to take it on a country-by-country -country basis and get then delve even deeper than that on a region-by-regional basis. So going back to Phoebe and Anna themselves and learning a bit more about their stories, I then wanted to understand a bit more about their roles um, working in the industry. Phoebe uh, is a female development manager at Metropolitan Golf Club. So what does that actually include? What does that involve? What is she doing on a day-to-day -day basis? And how is that impacting on the number of females and girls playing golf at her golf club? Yeah, so it's women's golf um, and development manager. Um, it's pretty similar to what I'm already doing, except I'm solely going to be focused with women's golf now. So I can um, kind of put all my attention on developing women's golf within amongst the members, but also getting new women and beginner golfers um, involved in members golf clubs. So I actually kind of, the full process really. So um, 
as a club, we've recently kind of introduced, um, I guess at, at the start we had beginner clinics, which was great, but we had no clear pathway of, okay, they've started golf, they've learned to play golf, but where's the pathway into being a member? Because actually as a beginner golfer, you're a long way up. Just learning to play golf is great um, and getting enjoyment out of it is so good. And we were really successful um, at that as a club, but then what's the next step? Because you don't jump from learning to play golf to then going into membership, especially at some of the top clubs, for example, which um, it's obviously not, not cheap and not accessible for everyone to just join um, a member's golf club. So I guess we've um, kind of developed this pathway um, where we've got this beginner program. We've also introduced um, kind of a program that follows the beginner program that not only teaches you about the basics, but kind of bridges the gap between um, membership and learning to play golf, which is kind of your scoring, how to score a Stableford, how to your etiquette, what the, some of the basic rules are, because I think that can be quite overwhelming for women. Um, not just women, but everyone, but especially women because we're a minority group and there's not many of us to kind of all of a sudden be learning to play golf and then being a member and getting on the first tee and thinking about kind of just hitting the ball down the fairway. The last thing you want to be thinking is how do I score a Stableford score? Um, so I think if, you've, if you're equipped with all of that and you've got a good understanding of that before you kind of um, going to any type of membership, um, it's a lot more um, comfortable and you you've got a lot more confidence and ultimately you're going to be spending more time at the golf club and your long-term involvement in the sport is going to be so much longer, which is what we want. Um, and then from there, we've actually got an excellent program um, called the 12 months tuition program. Um, and this tuition program is basically almost like a tryout membership for 12 months. So they do this tuition program, they get mentored by the members through the whole of it. And, um, then after they've got the option to join and they, and they get throughout this program, they have clinics, rule sessions. Um, and that's something that golf clubs really don't offer. They don't offer that, that trial. See if you like it because joining a members club is like almost joining an extended family. Um, it's important that you can socially, the social element for women is so important. So um, to be able to do it for 12 months and get involved in, everything um throughout the club from social events to to golf um just all of it is i think a really good um way to get women to join members after that so a really interesting process that phoebe and her golf club have followed there to try and increase participation they've they've identified a clear gap between the point where somebody first tries golf um all the way through and that gap extends all the way through to the point where they become a, a fully signed up paid member, so to speak. Um, and that pathway has filled that gap so um, quite well. And they've identified practical examples that have um, taken those, those, uh, those women along that journey from the point of starting all the way through to, to playing full time almost. So really strong takeaways there in some clear, distinct work that's being done that's productive and having an impact. For Anna, um, her career is slightly earlier in, in stage compared to, to Phoebe. She's currently undergoing her training still. So for me, what I wanted to understand was a bit of a process for her as what she's doing now as part of her PGA training. The CPG, as I 
organization of 42 member country PGAs is heavily involved with the training and education of the PGA professional. So taking a Latvia scenario, I wanted to understand her journey into becoming a PGA professional and then also where do her passions lie as a PGA pro and where is that journey going to take her after she's completed her education? It was a matter of me joining the PGA of Latvia as a part of their team to develop golf. So it just kind of all went through that, through my studies over there and me wanting to be a teaching professional. And then most of the coaches that are teaching in Latvia or the ones that are accredited, uh, they are in this organization. Well, it's actually, I got asked this question yesterday by my friend, what is the most uh, interesting part? And I mean, honestly, all of it is really interesting. Um, I have a background in exercise science. So the sports science part is really interesting to me. And then also I am taking classes to be a physical therapist. So that kind of all plays into it. And I find that's the part that maybe interests me the most because um, I look at golf as a way of a healthy life. So I think it would be really great to get a lot of people involved just for the sake of their health because you're outdoors, you're walking, you're exercising. It is a great challenge to the postural stability. So it's just if we can involve more people into it, I think the world's going to become more healthy. But also, I think, well, the golf coaching is obviously really interesting. And the industry skills and the golf technologies, that's something that's relatively new to me and really challenging. But it's also very, 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 very interesting. Um, and I also love that there's the business side of things because I always felt like I was kind of missing it because whenever I was over at States, I never thought to take a business class. But now, two years later, I realized that I missed it. Like, I miss it. And then now since I have it at the golf studies, I think it's really good and beneficial. So a varied sort of approach to what Anne is passionate about with her education. Uh, interesting point that she mentioned about the health aspect and that golf is as a means of a healthier lifestyle, is a provides a strong platform to a lot of people. Um, when you factor in corporate social responsibility, uh, there's something that the CPG is really focused on pushing is this um, area of ESG, uh, environment, social and governance when it comes to sustainability. And some of the work we've been doing includes supporting the Golf and Health Project, which has been focused on the research behind the health impact from a mental, physical and social perspective that golf has on people. Um, so it was nice to hear that Anna is really pushing that message on her own part as an individual pro working in the industry as well. So backtracking to what? Phoebe was talking about with regards to her work and the pathways at her golf club. As businesses were all focused on ROI, as golf clubs were focused on the impact that our work has, we all want to drive custom, drive the number of people walking through the doors at a golf club, but for businesses also, return on investment is vital. So I was interested to see what the impact was at a local level of the work that she was 
she was doing on the number of girls playing golf. Take a listen. The late the ladies section at Metropolitan is is really good, really strong. Um, there's a lot of women who are passionate about getting more women into golf. Um, that's the one thing that I noticed when when I started working at Metropolitan, which is great because you do need a few, well, a handful of women who who are happy to be to be mentors and you know really put a lot of time and and effort into creating kind of um, happy happy but good in good environments for for women to kind of be welcomed into the club um so yeah the ladies section at metropolitan is really good and it's only getting stronger and you know it's great to see in these clinics as well we're not just getting kind of um generally when you join in golf club it's at that point in your life where kind of maybe you've gone down from full-time to part-time work or you kind of your kids have, have left home graduated from university got families of their own so you've you've basically got this free time so you can you can delve into a new sport but actually with these clinics we're getting young girls my age like um so i do i think about seven clinics a week um one being on a sunday and that sunday clinic is kind of full of um young girls which is great and not kind of um school school age girls it's girls who are now in full-time work which generally wouldn't um be your kind of normal members of a golf club because um because of their age but it, that's great to see it is and and that's why as well I've, we've kind of made you know a real effort to make sure that that's if there's a cluster of girls who are kind of 24 25 in the sunday session we kind of get them all together and get them all introduced as quick as we can even if it's socially you know even if it's for a drink in the bar or a coffee or you know like an extra clinic we have to do um I think it's down, look, I think um, a lot of the members have got um, nieces and things. I think that's how, the that was the catalyst for it. And then from there, it's just friends of friends. Um, and often when, when they sign up, they'll sign up um, and they won't want to come alone, which is fine. They'll want to come with a, a couple of friends that they know because it's more comfortable. When you're starting a sport and you've never played before, um, you're probably worried that you're going to make yourself look silly. So coming along coming along with a friend i think it helps um it just helps with confidence so i think that's really that's definitely how we got the first few girls was through like members um family but then from there it's yeah i also feel like that's relevant in golf clubs so when you look at different formats and playing those fun formats like the amount of people that that women when we do women's events that really enjoy that format because it takes the pressure off the the individual to to feel like they've got to perform well and just puts like a kind of fun element to golf where it doesn't matter really what the score is, but you're, you're a team, you know, like, so that's just as important in golf clubs, you know, the social element as it is in kind of the Solheim and the Ryder Cup, they kind of mirror each other and should. So despite that only being one single case study of a golf club and in Australia, um, it demonstrates such an effective way of identifying an issue, which is, uh, there isn't enough girls playing golf at the golf club and implementing a solution that targets that issue effectively. Um, so just listening to some of those those uh, numbers that Phoebe was reeling off was great. And also it illustrates fantastic use of leveraging initial networks. So they identified that their members had family members they could bring in. And that then had a knock-on effect on the number of girls coming from wider afield. 
So very a fantastic example. And by the way, even though this is just one golf club, this is happening all over. This is happening across the CPG network. Um, an example would be Marie Jeffrey in Austria, Austria. She has a fantastic junior academy with lots of girls playing golf. You know, this isn't just an isolated incident. This is happening all over the place. There's some fantastic work globally. And a concerted effort is the only way that we are going to be able to tackle the issue of not enough girls playing golf. So moving on from the work that the that Phoebe and Anna are doing currently, I wanted to just understand their opinion and take on the role that role models have in improving participation and particularly with girls. And in recent weeks and months, there has been a concerted effort amongst brands and organisations across industries, including sport and including golf, to go down a non-traditional influencer route and by that I mean, in golf, a non-traditional influencer would be somebody who isn't necessarily a professional golfer or is playing on the global tours. Um, so, for example, the RNA are working closely with Niall Horan, who's from One Direction, he's a singer. So that's a, a good example of a non-traditional influencer. So I asked Phoebe what her view was on this and whether there is a role to play for them in increasing the number of girls playing golf. Look, I think they're all so good for, for golf, for women's golf, for men's golf, for, for all golf. Um, it's just social media is something that should be used by all clubs now. And if clubs aren't using it now, then in a few years down the line, they're going to find themselves so far behind. Um, so much, like you said, so much reach. Um, so much, like, for example, you know, women's golf is the, a, a minority, but this is a way of connecting um, finding kind of like-minded people and, and connecting them through social media, which is just great. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, there's someone out there on social media. There's plenty of people out there on social media that you can um, resonate with, um, whether it's through, you know, like fashion, golf fashion, if that's, if that's your focus and that's your passion, then there's someone out there who focuses on that or whether it's coaching videos or, you know, YouTube, you can access, a golf lesson on YouTube now. So um, accessibility and social media is just so important. So just expanding on Phoebe's point there, what was interesting, she mentioned, for example, with golf fashion, what these non-traditional influencers are doing is they're specialising in one particular area in the sport in question. So for example, in golf, you've got influencers who are heavily... Um, involved in, for example, traveling and playing golf courses or uh, involved in the latest trends in golf fashion. And they might not necessarily be the best players in the world, but they do have significant reaches. And you could argue reaches that are far more significant than some of the best golfers in the world. So by tapping into those networks that they have, golf is technically reaching a far wider audience than what it would have before. For me, it's common sense, but not necessarily um, a accepted or traditional way of doing things. But then what Phoebe followed her response with was really interesting. And she looked at or took the approach of the need to have influencers in the industry, in positions that are of influence in the decision making process. Take a listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think role models for women's golf from a playing perspective are, are really strong. Like we've got great role models. Um, 
but I also think we need like there's going to be a point where um, there's not going if there's no women at grassroots level starting and playing golf and not enough of um, girls playing golf at that level then how are we expecting where are we getting women who are going into PJ professions or kind of um, golf club environments and working their way up the hierarchy and getting into managerial positions because they're the positions that make all the decisions and if we've got women kind of in those positions then we, we can access their viewpoints and their their backgrounds their stories um how they got into golf a bit like we're doing now um but we can really analyze kind of everyone's and, and use use women in those positions to help i guess guide the future of women's and girls golf it is a complex situation that is discussed on a daily basis in wider society that uh, there isn't necessarily enough uh, ladies making their way up the hierarchy for a number of reasons. But um, at, its, at its core, the point is right that um, as we get more uh, leading figures within golf, then that's going to have an impact on the number of girls wanting to forge a career in the sport and then also making their own journey up uh, into these organisations and having their own impact on the development of the game. So then to actually apply this into a specific context, I then pass the question on to, to Anna, um, who I think she said she was the 364th golfer um, in Latvia, which was um, obviously a small number compared to some of the markets. But, um, you know, how did she view her position as perhaps one of the only uh, ladies playing golf in Latvia when it comes to inspiring the next generation? Yeah, I actually feel responsible for it, but I, we have actually been kind of good with it in Latvia. So we usually have around 30 to 40% of the players are, uh, are female. And we have the Latvian Ladies Golf Federation and we have women in golf days throughout the year. And we have like a mini tour that ladies play on Mondays, which just started last year. And I think it's great because the men have been doing that for nine years now. <laughs> but I, I totally agree. I think it's a matter of involving more women in golf. And it's not just the young ladies or young adults. I think it's also about the senior ladies because golf is so new in Latvia. We've had it for 30 years, maybe. So there's not a lot of players that have started when they were, I don't know, 30 and then gone through the 30 years. There's not a lot of senior players. And as I mentioned earlier, it's really, really great for your health. And so I think we should involve more women of all age groups to play golf. So to conclude the episode, I then asked Phoebe, what would be one piece of advice you'd give to you, the listener, who wants to understand how they can help improve inclusivity? And to Anna, where do you see your future career going? Here's what Phoebe had to say first. Um, I think um, the one piece of advice I'd do is get a woman or a female PJ professional um, in a position where they can kind of really give their insight. Um, but also just remember that it's not all about the golf for women. It's, it's about the whole journey. So 
it doesn't need to be just clinics it can be you know social events it's got to be there's got to be a pathway um and it, it needs to be holistic it can't just be golf focused um that's one thing that i've really um taken on and learned through this this process um is that the social element for women is so important so to kind of not just focus on clinics um and get into golf sessions but also focus on whether it's you know a physio session exercises or just you know a social event um um yeah that's that's my piece of advice uh right now i think i'd like to stay in teaching i think the sports science part of it and the physical therapy is a great uh addition to coaching because i mean it allows me to look at players not only as golfers but as humans that maybe have their own quirks and it just i think it would make me a better coach if i understood them from more than one perspective so that's why i'm doing that but honestly i don't know none of us knew what was going to happen last year so i can't really tell you how it's going to go in the next years but i really hope that i can keep teaching and keep teaching in latvia and help develop the golf here so i hope you enjoyed that episode and enjoyed listening to the stories from phoebe and anna um as i say it wasn't really meant to address or identify what is wrong with the industry or what is right with the industry and create some solutions but what it did do was highlight that there is some fantastic work being done by individuals in individual countries across the world and If we continue to take this collective approach, particularly uh, the way that the CPG is doing so and other brands and organisations in golf, then for sure we're going to improve inclusivity. We're going to remove those barriers that are perhaps stopping some girls from playing golf. And ultimately the sport is going to be in a much better, stronger and healthier place moving forwards. Thanks for tuning into The Spin, brought to you by the Confederation of Professional Golf. Don't forget to subscribe, stream and share this and all other episodes via the CPG website, cpg.golf. We all look forward to seeing you next time.